Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. All right, y'all, Mac and Bone Show. Mac with you here, and uh, I've got a special guest with you, very special guest, the man that we have spent so much time on our radio show talking about over the next last few months, and I hope to for the next decade plus. He's Bryce Young of your Carolina Panthers. Bryce, thanks for coming on, man. You're sweaty. You just finished a joint practice. You finally went against a defense that doesn't love you the way ours does. How was it out there? How much different was that than a regular camp practice? Yeah, um, you know, competitive atmosphere and competitive environment. Um, you know, uh, it's a it's a really great team. Um, you know, we get to go against going against the Jets defense, which is a really great defense. Um, you know, it presents different challenges, and it's really good just to go out there and compete. It's cool to go out there and root for each other. Our offense rooting on our defense, defense rooting on our O. You know, we're so back and forth, and you know, you get into the, the chess matches in, in in camp, and um, you know, now that we get to go out together as a team, um, you know, all in the same colors, all going against you know one United opponent, and then you get to see some fresh looks. Um, it's it's really refreshing. So it was great competition. I think um, you know, there's stuff we did well stuff we definitely have to improve on so it was a good opportunity to get better i was watching the two minute portion of practice you guys went down got a field goal and then the defense i think it was a three and out against aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and you went over to a bunch of the defensive guys and you're giving them five and stuff like that you seem to just kind of have that leadership thing seems to come easy to you just things like that have you been like a natural leader all your life like you're a kid are you kind were you kind of a leader of your group of friends or or, or have you worked on it um yeah i think it just you know it comes with growth with with comfortability and you know for you know, it's, it's not too much thinking. It's just, you know, in that instance, again, we're a team. And, you know, we, we've gone this whole time. Ever since I've been a been a Panther this whole year, we've been against each other. Um, you know, we're always competing, going against each other. So, you know, you forget, you know, you get locked into training camp mode and realize that it's not that, you know, we're the Panthers, we're one team. So when we do get to go against each other, you know, we're, we're, we're rooting each other on. It's not just me. We're all rooting each other on. We all have each other's back. We're all congratulating each other. And, you know, I think it, it's a great opportunity. You know, something that was new for us is, is to root the defense on, them root us on, and us really have that that camaraderie us have each other back, uh, each other's backs in the field I think that's that's really big so um, you know it was a great opportunity for us to do that today all right Wofford life this is your first NFL training camp you guys have had fall camps at Bama but that's kind of your own campus right you're still kind of in your environment yeah. this one you just go away from home and you guys are at Wofford College so has it been boring are you just completely into the playbook where it's just like a full cram session what do you do down here yeah you know it's 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 a lot of ball um, you know you, you get to get away from 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 a lot you get to get away from the city a little bit and come down here and you know just lock in and focus on being with your brothers and 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 being about football which is great um, you know a lot of meetings a lot of competition out here we go back and watch the film talk about it um, and then you know we're, we're all here on campus so you know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do some stuff together and play some games, um, you know, outside of football, but um, all here. And again, it's just, it, it's obviously great on the field to, to build that chemistry and camaraderie, but also off the field. Us being all in one central location is, has been really great. So, um, you know, it's been a lot of 
you know, a lot of us coming together and a lot of us doing things together, eating together, you know, things like that. So I think it's been great for us, not just only on the field, but off as well. How's the offense coming together, man? I know I know it's been a tough battle. This defense, as you know, can play, man, the group you guys have. But it's testing you well. Like, so far, how you feel like the offense performed and what what do you need? What's that next step to get this thing fine-tuned? Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, again, there, there's good and bad. Um, you know, I think there's stuff that we definitely want back and definitely stuff that we need to, you know, we're going to watch on film and grow from. And, um, you know, there, there's stuff that, you know, we can continue to improve on. I think there's good stuff that pops up on tape, too. Um, you know, you, there's always how you feel when you walk off the field. And then when you sit down and you go play-by-play, play, you roll the film back, you really see where you can grow at, you see what you can learn. So, you know, it's hard to assess without watching the film. But, you know, I think just being more efficient is kind of that next step that we're all I'm um, looking to take as a unit um, just just efficiency consistency um, you know those things and, and really maximizing um, you know what we can do what we can be and you know it's a newer group but you know at the same time we've had a good amount of time together now so there's no excuses um, when there's those those dips and lows and we're not you know firing on all cylinders but we understand you know we're striving for per perfection no we're never going to get there so it, it's a day-to-day -day struggle all right last thing I want to ask you is there was a national media member might have been Mike Florio who I know well and like but I didn't like this theory his theory is there is so much pressure on you. There's more, I don't know if you've heard this, there's more pressure on you than any other quarterback that's a rookie because the Panthers traded all the way up eight spots to get you. I don't think you seem like somebody that really feels pressure, like whether it's on the field or off the field. Like, does that theory, you're laughing, does that theory kind of make you laugh, that thought? Uh, <laughs> I mean, for me, um, I'm really big on controlling what I can control and putting my energy into that. Um, so the external factors of, you know, how I got here and everything that happened or stuff that's out of my control and you know I don't really put much thought in. All I know is I'm super grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be a part of this organization and be able to grow with this team. Um, so because of that, that's where my where my energy goes towards. Um, what the perceived um, you know what the perceived expectations or pressures are. You know that stuff that's subjective and it's going to change person to person. And you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I'm I'm grateful for everyone having an opinion and caring and being so invested in the team like they are. Uh, but for me, um, I focus on you know trying to get better so that we can execute at a higher level, doing what the coaches are asking, um, doing what, what my teammates need of me, and, you know, all my focus goes on to there. I'm going to translate. That theory stinks, Florio. All right, anyway, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. For sure. Thanks for having me on. Keep listening to WFNZ on 92.7 FM at WFNZ.com on the WFNZ app and by asking your smart device to play Sports Radio WFNZ. is A-Rod. Uh, he's going to make his plays. Uh, veteran quarterback, he knows how to, you know what I'm saying, disguise things. He knows how to how to figure out defenses and whatnot. Uh, he got me a couple times on the play actions. Like, he, he's good at it. So, he's good at what he does. So, um, having that having that is good. He keeps you honest. So. Brian Burns talking about going against A-Rod last night. He had two of the uh, air quote, I'm doing air quote, sacks uh, yesterday as they did put some pressure on Rodgers. But yeah, Rodgers hit a couple of deep balls against the Panthers. It was a good level give and take practice against the team that we're expecting to be pretty damn good in the Jets. It, was a, it wasn't a bad day at all yesterday for the Panthers. And as we speak, Bone, we have been uh, sent multiple pictures. They are loading up the Roaring Riot fan bus day two. Of the Roaring Riot bus trips down to Spartanburg for Panthers and Jets. And uh, the the crew on the bus includes 
a chicken suit clad Mark from Gastonia. Hello, Marky. <laughs> That's Mag, a party did, right there, baby. How did MFG uh, get the access to that bus ride? I mean, did, who who made the call and said this man must go to Spartanburg? Was that, that your hookup? Was that your hookup? Yeah, I got him on the bus. All right. So now, are also, you going to apologize to the Roaring Riot <laughs> now or later? I, I'm probably uh, going to have to answer some questions. <laughs> Matt, there's also a great chance that MFG will be looking for us down there. I think he uh, he possibly thinks that you and I are broadcasting down there still today. So uh, Mark may not know that we're back here. Is he taking his signs? Doesn't he owe us a uh, J.J. Jansen he, sign my belly sign? He's not because of the potential rain today. So he didn't want to bring the signs. But he made sure he was in a chicken suit. But he tried to. <laughs> and he also he also tried to bring his pool. Clock, clock, clock. Tried to bring his pool on the bus, and apparently. Um, Due to, bring my pool. Oh due to my logistical God. reasons, the the swimming pool. He tried to bring a pool, but couldn't bring signs. I don't get it, Mark. I don't get it, bro. You are not. You know what? He's not allowed back on Panther Pep Talk duty until he does something. <laughs> he was supposed to do the sign thing at training camp. That was his penalty. I I, I was like a cowboy fan. The riot was willing to you know, thank the Zach Latrell and, and the riot. They were willing to bring Mark down. I did not get confirmation, Mac. That this was a return trip. That also. could be a tough one. That that might, yeah, that's in the balance right now. Spartanburg. <laughs> Unpadded practice today. They so you won't see the hitting that you saw yesterday. Uh, Nine thirty start for that practice, and then training camp's over. Then the boys head on back here to Charlotte, and then it's the preseason game at four o'clock on Saturday against the Jets. All right, let's talk about this defense because Bone and. and, and Listen, again, I'm glad that people don't always agree with us. I'm glad people are out there saying that's that crap. I don't you know what I mean? Like if everybody said, yes, uh, you know, Bone and Mac, uh, you, Almighty's, you are correct again. Like, oh, that, I would love to be called Almighty. That would that would not create any sort of radio debate or back and forth. So I'm glad there are people out there, Bone, that disagree. But there was a disagreement from some that we were overdoing it. On the jump on this defense last year, Bone is Carol. Remember, two years ago, the Carolina Panthers' defense was second in total defense. Last year, they dropped to twenty-second in total defense, seventeenth in scoring defense last season. You and I have both gone on record saying we think with Avero brought in, with the new scheme, with the corners back healthy, and hopefully it'll stay that way with uh, the new guys up front that they brought in, that we think this team gets back into the top ten. I'm not talking about duplicated number two, but, like, if I believe eight, nine, ten, I believe they're in that neighborhood. And we had people kind of take exception to that. Our guy TFB this morning has opted to go negative on this defense, which shocked me. He says, Mac, we are one J.C. Horn injury away from being in the 20s again on defense. Is that the number one reason you think people aren't, that not everybody is willing to buy in that this defense is going to jump right back up in the top 10? Do you know what team Mac has injury questions where if a guy goes down, whether it be quarterback, star DB, whatever position you want to say, do you know how many teams Mac would be impacted by losing a star player? All of them. <laughs> Every team, if someone goes down, are going to be hurt by that to some degree that's for every team every every position yes that's why you build depth and is is the depth what we want it to be in the secondary that's that's a weakness but look at some of the frontline guys back i mean frontline in terms of the the star power on this defense Derek brown brian burns luvu emerging star shaq thompson you add in a great player of the past that could still go in justin houston jc horn 
you add Von Bell. You've got Chin, who we're going to see what he can do. Xavier Woods is a, is a solid vet. You've got Dante coming back. Then the second unit, Deion Jones is back there now. Grugier Hill. Yes, I believe that. The, the cause for concern to me would be secondary depth. I get that. But there is a lot, a lot of top-tier talent on that defense, especially in the first unit. Here's the thing. That, that's a, when you add Justin Houston to that, and then Deion Jones as a secondary, uh, not secondary, but in terms of his role, a secondary backup vet piece, that's some that's some high-quality depth out of there, man. It is. Here, a couple of things about this fear that J.C. Horn and Dante are going to get hurt and we're going to be screwed or whatever. First of all, I want to point this out. Last year, Bone, we were 25th in the league in sack percentage. Hassan Reddick left, and this team was Brian Burns or bust when it came to pressure and sacks. And um, Derek Brown got after it a little bit, not really producing sacks, but pressures. Um, this year's pass rush is going to be better. Averro's an extremely aggressive coordinator. That will send the dogs. Uh, you've got Justin Houston now opposite Burns. Brown is another year progressing as a pass rusher. So I believe the pass rush will be better, and that will make the coverage better. Everybody calls out guys like Horn and Keith Taylor, or Henderson and Keith Taylor last year, and I'm included. But I noticed Tom Brady had an awful lot of time to throw the football on those long passes. If you get to the quarterback and pressure him, your corners become exponentially better. And this team will be better at getting to the quarterback this year. The other thing I take umbrage with is this J.C. Horn injury stuff. I just, I'm sorry, man. I don't understand it. Uh, I'd love for someone to explain it to me. Um, the Dante Jackson thing, I get. It's been longer. It's been multiple years of, of, of injuries, uh, injury after injury, and they're different ones. And it just seems like, I don't know if it's his size or whatever, just seems like he's one of those guys. But J.C. Hornbone but broke a bone in his hand against Houston Early in the season, his rookie year missed the rest of the season. Last year, he did miss two games with an injury. That I can't even remember what it was uh, early in the season. But other than that, it was another broken bone in his foot. Or no, it was a foot. It was foot, foot was, first year. Foot was, foot was first year. Wrist was yeah. last year. Hand was last year. Played 13 so, games. So anyway, um, like, do you guys think a guy that breaks two separate bones just has brittle bones? Like honestly, what is your what is your logic to say J.C. Horn is injury prone? Now I know he had the injury that happened in in the off season, but we don't know how severe that was. Like they they were able to sit him down because it didn't mean anything. It was OTAs. What's fine? What's fine out there? He's this fine week, out yeah. there now. He started right up. So I, I just like what is J.C. Horn's injury prone? Why you think what bones he breaking this year? Like, I just, I don't, I don't, like, can broken bones, different broken bones, can you say that he just is, is, is like a Samuel L. Jackson unbreak? Like, I just, I don't understand that logic. With Dante, I get it some more. And uh, that, that's, that's another thing I wanted to say about this fear of J.C. Horn getting injured. He said it to us the other day. People act like he missed two full years. He, he's, he said he, it annoys him. So y'all are annoying him. He, he played <laughs> he played him back in 13 games last year. It wasn't like he played three and he lost two years. There's a lot of J.C. Horn that we saw last year, and he the other day was annoyed that people act like he was not there for the majority of the season when he was. But you can tell that he's motivated by he's motivated by he he know he knows where he's ranked among the other DBs, and he knows where he should he be. He knows his competitors. He knows the. The the storyline where people think he is motivated by a lot of things right now. Oh, by right? the way, Lesser Mac chimes in and says Horn has missed eighteen out of thirty three games, more than fifty percent. Dude, you gotta. This is why you're the Lesser Mac, bro. You gotta look at this with some nuance. 
Like, you can't just look at this guy missed this amount of games with injury, so it's going to happen again. They're broken bones. That's not like a recurring injury. Broken bone is a fluke thing, unless you think his bones are made of paper mache or something. He needs some milk. Like, so, yeah. I don't know. You think, you think Joe, Papa Joe didn't give him enough milk anyway? Let's Pass, move on. Passer of Disaster Max says, when Chin is mentioned that far down of guys on the on the defense as a nickelback, that shows you how many guys they have that can play on this defense. It's a good sign that they can utilize Chin as a nickelback in this defense because they have so many dudes that can play. He said oh, that, yeah. When he can't make it as a, as a starter, yeah. Pretty good depth. That speaks volumes about the talent that's on this defense. And the coordinator, all y'all out there that wanted to crack crack jokes about Phil Snow and bust on Phil Snow and rip Phil Snow. First of all, Phil Snow had this as the number two defense in the league with no help from the offense at all in that in, 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 in two years ago but now phil snow's gone and he's been replaced by a guy that's already done multiple head coaching interviews at defensive coordinator you guys don't think that is going to lead to a big jump as well they're going to get more pressure on the quarterback they're go they're, they're so much better coordinated um they're making a jump now i did see one texture that says mac i kind of think they settle outside the top 10 around 12 or 13 yeah that doesn't shock me I just my point is I think there's a sizable jump this year from where they were last year. I also think Bone, the uh, you're going to get more out of the offense. The offense is going to help more. How many times Bone in the past with this with this janky quarterback situation that we had? How many times did, did we give the ball away in the plus side of the field? Other teams got is is has a short field. How many times Bone did we three and out, three and out, three and out, and the defense gets worn down? This defense is going to get help from the offense. It's going to help them more as well, statistically. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to win time of possession. They're going to play more ball control early because, like we've talked about a lot, they're not going to they're not going to have Bryce Mack in position to have a ton of turnovers. He's not going to force it. I think Bryce, and this is not a negative term in this particular context, I think Bryce is going to manage it well to help the defense out more than we've seen in the last couple of years. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You're not going to see a Baker Mayfield type plays. Like Baker Mayfield plays the position like he's um, like he needs glasses, like he's got a vision problem where he forces it, can't see windows, causes the, the field to flip in bad ways. Bryce is not going to do that even as a rookie. This, uh, I, agree. Help out the I agree. This texture says, uh, didn't the secondary struggle last year giving up chunk plays? I, I think I think you're probably thinking of the Tampa game. Um, I feel like most of that happened because of the injuries. And, and I also pointed out this pass rush was not good last year. They allowed Hassan Reddick to go and did not replace him. And that's the best way I can put it. And now you have Justin Houston opposite Brian Burns. You have a Giro of Arrow Bone who finds a way to scheme pressure. He's a very aggressive guy in terms of blitzes. I do think Chin, although we're all trying to figure out what Chin's value going to be, I think Chin blitzing from the nickelback spot instead of Chin blitzing from further back. Yep. Uh, Luvu as, as, as a blitzer as well. So I think this year the pass rush is going to be better. I think it's naturally going to make the secondary better. You got you know? Luvu, what you're going to do with him as well. You, I mean, they're going to bring pressure, Mac, from a lot of different areas and try to game plan for this too, week in, week out. Because they're going to do different stuff each week, obviously. But in terms of specifically, specifically this defensive unit, he's going to have a different way of doing it. Jin may be one thing one week, Luvu may be one thing one week, 
And it may so be much com- versatility. It may be completely different. It might be half to half. So much versatility. Burns is another one. There's chess pieces for a master chess player, a chess master in a zero. Like your guy, uh, your guy, uh, the the uh, Fisher, Bobby Fisher, yeah, baby. Bob, big old Bob we got Fisher. Our own Bobby Fisher big running old, this defense. Big old Bob Fisher. <laughs> uh, Ryan says, uh, Mac. I listened to Mina Kimes the other day explain for about the fourth time this offseason why this team will be a top 10 defense. She is brilliant when it comes to football. I'm going to take her word over some of these uh, some of these dorks that listen to your radio show. I mean, Whoa! Yeah. Listener on listener heat right there, Bo. I mean, do you think a guy that goes by Lesser Mac is a dork? That's offensive. We don't we don't know that for sure. Uh, a lesser version so, of this guy? You see the late Bone, you see yeah, that's scary, actually. Lesser version of me is very scary. You see the guy that has diagnosed is diagnosed J.C. Horn with osteoporosis. That is the problem with his broken bones. I love it when the text line goes full doctor. Dare I say, I'm going to make a diagnosis on this guy. Oh, God. Osteoporosis. Get out of here. Goober says, can we stop the run? That might be my biggest fear, honestly. Although shy title bone, McCall... Deshaun Williams, I think we got some big war daddies up front that just, we didn't have last year. How do you just move on so quickly from osteoporosis? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this week on the Kyle Bailey Show. Let's see what Trevor Sikkiman thinks about all this. By the way, he was at Panthers training camp today, and we'll talk some actual football with a man from, from Pro Football Focus in the NFL Draft Stock Exchange, Trevor Sikkiman, on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. What's up, bub? How are you? I'm doing great, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. So real quick, Mount Rushmore take. What do you think? Beyonce, Whitney, Janet Jackson, Celine Dion. Thoughts? It's, it's strong, but you're putting your life on the line, not putting Taylor Swift in there, knowing how popular she is and how much people pay to go to her sold She won't come to Charlotte. Right she now, won't come so. to Charlotte. She won't come to Charlotte. So she gets no benefit of the doubt from me. No, then you're fine. Yeah, no, list is perfect. You're good. You're great. You're, all good <laughs> you're the best, man. It's good to have you back. So uh, judging by your Twitter timeline today, you had a lot of fun at Panthers practice this morning. Let, let's start with uh, the, the big takeaways for Trevor Sikama this morning. What'd you like the most? Well, I, I'll have a take, I think, on, on both sides, one for the Jets and, and one for the Panthers. We'll start with the Panthers. And 
Hey, I'm so excited about Bryce Young. I know that I'm not, you know, breaking any ground there, saying anything that's earth shattering, but he was, I thought that he was a lot of fun versus the Jets in his first time going up against NFL competition. It's not his team, right? Because I think that's what joint practices are all about. It's a different speed. It's a different tempo. You're going up against defensive players who have all sorts of different tendencies, maybe don't know yours as, as well. And when you're talking about a rookie quarterback, that's a lot to take in. And for Bryce Young, obviously the thing that made him the number one overall pick is just how he deals with unique situations, you know, less than ideal situations, uh, off script plays, things that, you know, you don't know what's going to come at you next. And you just have faith for this guy to figure it out. And I felt like we saw good moments of that during practice. He wasn't perfect, but there were a handful of throws, especially over the middle of the field that he not only attempted, but completed that I said to myself, normal rookies don't even attempt those throws, let alone, have the touch on those passes, the timing, the confidence, the everything that Bryce Young had. So, you know, he talked afterwards after practice, and he said, look, there's a lot of things that i got to get better. And like I said, he's not perfect. But for a number one pick investment, that's absolutely what you want to see. And I think it's going to be a great test for this Panthers team when the game rolls around because on the Jets side of things, man, that defense was flying. This, I think, is going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they didn't even have Sauce Garner out there today. So I'm talking about an extremely deep pass rushing groove that was getting after it all day. The linebackers were chirping and active. The secondary guys were aggressive. And so this is going to be a fun test on Saturday when the Panthers first team offense really gets to go up against uh, however many starters we're going to see for the Jets. I love it. I love it. Now I'll get to the defense in just a second, but uh, I'm hearing, first of all, Hayden Hurst uh, used the most overused phrase in the world right now, but I think he meant it well when describing Jonathan Mingo. He said he's got that dog in him. Now, apparently everybody's got that dog in him these days, but um, in this case, there are a lot of folks that seem to think that that's true. I mean, Steve Smith Sr. joined me a couple of days ago. He's a fan of Jonathan Mingo. How much did he pop this morning? Yeah, I think that we've got to get some clarification on the dog in them, right? Because yep. there's yep. all different types of dogs. Like, you could be a chihuahua or Correct. you a pit bull. Like, what are we talking? You, I, if you're going to use that phrase at this point, you got to bring a breed to the table. we got to hear something. Clarify it a little bit. But, no, Mingo was great today. And I think, again, it's nice to see these young guys really stepping up to the challenge against new competition. Because I'll tell you this, too, and, and I tweeted about this. It was chippy out there today. And the Jets defense taking on Salah's identity and his intensity, man, they were ready. They were instigating, you know, some of the pushing and shoving after the whistle and really getting up in guys' faces and really starting that trash talk. Like, they were definitely the ones who initiated things. Hayden Hurst was uh, at the beginning of it as well. But those Carolina Panthers players... They were up to the response. Terrace Marshall Jr. was one who put a shoulder into one of the defensive backs for the Jets to give him a little bit of attitude back. And then Mingo with his play, I thought, especially over the middle, he felt fearless. When those, I mean, you weren't under the lights, but you know what I mean with the saying, when the lights are the brightest or when the situations are there, he really stepped up. And, you know, from everything that I've heard, I'm not going to pretend to have been at every single practice that the Panthers have had so far, but he's been a little up and down as it normally is for rookies. But it was great to see him out there against a really good, talented, and fiery secondary, not only make plays, but just not back down. So that's a great trait for his. That's a really good baseline moving forward. What do you expect from Miles Sanders in this offense? I mean, I, I could see a world where he has a monster year. I'm also a little bit wary of, of people maybe, you know, setting expectations too high. But wh where do you where do you set expectations for Miles Sanders in Carolina in this offense? 
No, I think they should be decently high. You know, you pay him a good chunk of change for a reason. You want to lean on him not just in the run game, but in the pass game. I think that, you know, as, as everybody will always tell you, a running back can really only go as far as the offensive line in front of him. And so there were definitely flashes where the interior offensive line was up to the challenge, especially on those easy run uh, running plays that we have in, in training camp. Now, of course, you can't, like, fully hit. You're not going to the ground. But it was nice to see them open up some holes there. So I think the opportunity is going to be there for him. But, it's not just going to be him, right? I've heard reports that, um, you know, Chuba Hubbard's been looking pretty good, that he's down in weight, that he's, that he's feeling good, and uh, not down in weight, sorry, up in weight, and that he's feeling good, he's feeling strong, he's feeling fluid still with a lot of extra strength to him. So it's not just going to be Sanders. You know, it's, it's going to be a, for a full cop-out answer here, it's going to be by committee, but he should be the guy who leads them. Uh, they paid him the money in order to do so, and he's somebody who I think is going to be involved in all three phases. All right, we got Trevor Sikama, Pro Football Focus, the uh, NFL Draft Stock Exchange podcast. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, I, I believe I've, the way you put it on Twitter earlier was that Brian Burns was in his bag in his first practice against the Jets. I did see one rep where he just left Mekhi Becton standing there confused. How good was Brian Burns today? And what do you think of him practicing right now at a time where a lot of dudes in his situation without a contract would not be out there? Dude, he loves football, man. I, I, you know, I even watched him after practice. And as practice was ending, not only is he staying on the field afterwards to say hello to a bunch of these different Jets players, but he was sitting there getting some extra work in with Solomon Thomas, with Jermaine Johnson, with Quinn, with Quinn and Williams. And he was holding court with those guys, basically like teaching them some pass rush tricks for the trade. And those are some pretty damn good pass rushers, especially Quinn and Williams, right? And so this guy's at the center of it all. And he's like a professor, you know, teaching them exactly how he sees the game. And he just likes to talk ball. I know anybody who's on Twitter probably also saw the clip of him, you know, getting in Bryce Young's press conference afterwards to sit in there and have some fun getting a question in. And he just loves the game. And I think that, it, you know, to your point, he's in a situation where his contract's coming up. He could be holding out. You know, he could be handling it a different way. But, like, this dude just wants to go out and prove it. He wants to play football. That's a guy that you absolutely love on your team. I know a lot of people out there, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong either way, but when the when the report was out that the Panthers didn't take the two first-round picks for Brian Burns, everybody's thinking, what in the world are you doing? And then you look at this guy, you hear him talk, you watch who he is, and you go, it's really tough to move on from a player like that. And so you understand the hesitation. But, yeah, he was all over the field today. I think that whether it was the two-minute drill, whether it was the one-on-one, um, or whether it was any other type of scrimmage, this dude was a force to be reckoned with. He's making that number zero look very good. Uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to look on an edge rusher, but he's filling it out very well. He's playing with a lot of flash, a lot of style, a lot of confidence. And there's no doubt about it. He's going to be, to me, the leader of that defense this year. Justin Houston picked up over the weekend. We've been asking all offseason, you know, who's going to be that outside linebacker, edge rusher opposite Brian Burns. they got to find one. Not only do I think he's he's still capable at 34 years old coming off a nine-and-a-half sack season, I'm, I think I'm just as excited maybe that he can be efficient in what he does and not take snaps away from other players. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this, man. What do you think? Yeah, and they should be, right? You know, you look at him, you look at Deion Jones as well, those additions, because you know, a couple of weeks ago, you're looking at this Panthers defense, and sure, the starting unit looks really nice, but you know, you have any injuries in a very physical game or – are, you know, you need a deeper rotation than you think. And all of a sudden, I think it starts to get kind of thin for this Carolina Panthers defense. And so those two veteran additions, I think, are going to be huge for them. You know, this is a team that 
has aspirations of winning the division. And then if that's the case, you're playing into January. That's a long season. You you got to have guys who understand what it's like to, to go the distance and to, to, to keep your body right, you know, how to handle things, the ups and downs of a regular season. And so not just the pass rush productivity, which I agree with you. I think Justin Houston still got plenty left in the tank. I just think that overall depth is huge for them because like I said, I looked at this group and I was like, man, if they get a couple of injuries here and there, like they might be in trouble. And, and with these additions, you go, okay, now you can handle this a little bit better. And when everybody's healthy, it's a deeper rotation for you to throw at a lot of different teams. So I like that addition a lot, uh, as well as the Deion Jones. O- overall, defensively, I-, I saw you say earlier today, as others did, that you know the Panthers' defense in the final segment of scrimmaging in that pra- in that practice ag- against the Jets' offense. I mean, Carolina's defense is dominate strong. How would you characterize it? It seems at the very least that you know Carolina's defense had a lot of overall success to wrap up practice today. Oh, they got after their ass, and, and like it was great to see because you know Aaron Rodgers comes in to town. You know, hard knocks cameras are all over the place. You know, some guys could get a little starstruck with it, right? And Carolina, it looked like that defense was just up to the challenge. Hey, more cameras, more eyeballs. Okay, this is when we get to go perform. In the two-minute drill that they had at the end of practice, Aaron Rodgers' first-team group went three and out. And then on Zach Wilson's attempt near the very end of practice, that ended in an interception by Cam uh, uh, Bruder-Hill, and that would have been a pick six. Like That's how the defense made a stamp on what that practice was. And so... I just thought that they did an incredible job playing from start to finish. They were ready for this practice. They were ready to go up against a different team, uh, and it showed. I thought they had a ton of success. They ended the day very, very well, making sure they capped it off with a win. I love it. I love it. Now, you're you're a grown adult. I mean, you love football. You cover the league, but I, I know you don't get sensitive and emotional about your childhood favorite team. So, you know, with that in mind, does it pain you to look at the Tampa depth chart and see the words Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask? How much does that hurt? I mean, there's a lot of people talking about a quarterback battle that I'm not sure is going to matter too much in Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, but look, I, I think that the rest of the roster is really solid, right? I, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be the starter for them week, week one, but the rest of the roster is no pushover, truly. And I think that, no, Tampa's not going to be the favorite to win the division going into this year, but the NFC South is going to be highly competitive against one another because all four of these teams, could end up winning the division and making the playoffs. And I think that the rest of Tampa's roster is going to make sure that they're a tough out. But, yeah, there's no doubt about it. One of those quarterbacks has to step up um, if they're going to think about repeating as as division champs. Last thing, um, just in terms of this division, I I just want to know what you think about Atlanta at this late stage going into the season because I hear a lot about positionless football. And, you know, people like their skill players. They like the addition of B. John Robinson to Kyle Pitts and to Drake London. And they got some dudes that can make plays. But, like, we know nothing about Desmond Ritter's ability to get this done. In fact, I actually think that Heineke is going to be the quarterback midway through the season. I'm not really high on Ritter going into this year. Um, What what do you think? What are your realistic expectations for Atlanta? Because we open with the Falcons, as you know, to start the season. Yeah, you know, it's a much improved defense. I will say that. Free agents, veterans, like all three levels of the defense. The defense is going to be a lot better this year than it was last year. Yes, their skill position players on offense are fantastic. Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Drake London, like all those guys are great. I also love the offensive line. They got some ass kickers up front, man. Jake Matthews, I love Matthew Bergeron coming out of the draft. Chris Lindstrom is one of the toughest and best interior offensive linemen that we graded last season. There's no question. It's all on the quarterback's shoulders. It's very similar 
to the situation in Tampa. People just don't look at it through the same lens because Ritter's this young, more promising quarterback. And I think that he, I agree. I think that he's going to be in a battle with Heineke, who's been a starter on and off over the last couple of years. I had Ritter as my QB1 coming into two years ago's draft, but that wasn't like a QB1 like we saw last year. You know, could have gone number one overall. It was more of a, hey, I think Ritter's got the highest ceiling, but still, ball placement and accuracy were issues I had of him coming out of Cincinnati, and those can be killers at the NFL level. So he's got to be much more accurate than we saw even Cincinnati uh, and then what we saw last year as well in order for Atlanta to get to where they want, which is certainly winning the division in the postseason as well. You're the best. I, I love hearing your voice. I talk football with you a couple of times a year, but usually it means football's almost back. Thank you, brother. Can't wait to see you soon. Anytime, my friend. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit more about this joint practice. So practice rained out today. It was storming real hard here in Charlotte. Rained out down in Spartanburg as well. So training camp is officially over. Kind of a weird ending because we all expected a monster day, but it's over. The times have changed. Yeah. Yo, you, Ben, are you doing a back in my day thing right yeah, now? I mean, I just <laughs> it seems like the Panthers just got to camp. Like all the players used to lament it. They're like, man, it's going to be a month away from everybody. And now it's like two weeks and they're done. It does seem a lot. Well, it is. It isn't as long as it used to yeah. be. And so now they're done. They've got a, a preseason game this weekend. They have one Saturday against the Jets, of course, after what was supposed to be a couple of joint practices, but only complete the one. We were giving you some of our uh, evaluation on what we thought we saw from yesterday. How about we hear from Frank Reich? Here's Frank Reich talking about how he was happy with the team's two-minute drill. I thought the two-minute situations at the end were good. You know, I thought on both sides of the ball we executed well. It's important to finish strong, as you said, Mike. We want to be able to finish games out. You know, we want the defense to finish games out, get us the ball back. Um, Camus been making plays all camp, right? I mean, you guys have seen it. And so he makes another big play today. And then I thought, you know, offensively in two-minute, I thought, you know, both groups handled it pretty well. You know, and went down and got in position to score points. What do you think of Frank Reich's comments and how much importance do you put on a rookie playing as well as he did in the two-minute drill and even the defense making sure that the Jets offense didn't get going? Yeah, I mean, 
the defense definitely you want to be encouraged about that, especially if you're able to get pass rush, which was, which was one of the issues you struggled with uh, the previous season, especially if you're getting it from multiple guys outside of Brian Burns, even though he was doing his thing. And then for Bryce Young, like I said, the, the two-minute drill, you're definitely excited about that. That's a key part uh, of every game, no doubt about it. And so you want to see him play better in some of the other parts, but – for him, as I said, it's his first real NFL competition outside of the guys that he plays with every day. So uh, you got to take your positives and your negatives from it. But for him to do well in a two-minute drill, uh, that's critical. It definitely shows a great deal of, of understanding and situational football that you're excited to see. So that was a review of the two-minute drill. Here's Frank Reich with a review overall on the only now joint practice they had with the Jets. Good work against the Jets today. I thought it was good on both squads. Really appreciate Coach Sala and his team coming out here and, and our team for the way we handled practice today. I thought the tempo was good. thought it was physical. thought it was fast. thought, you know, there was good competition. You know, I, I think we held the line pretty tight, you know, on a couple of the skirmishes, nothing serious. So, um, and then, you know, there's, there's always going to be, there's good and there's bad on tape. So, but overall, uh, happy with how the day went. Look, I don't want to get into this real sports radio debate topic of if the Panthers won the day and <laughs> fighting for them. Oh, no, they won and the Jets lost. That's how it is. Get out of here with your nuance. I, I, I don't want to be like that. But I know what it feels like to win as a fan watching your team be successful in the drills and the moments that matter and that's how I feel coming in to do the show today I feel like the Panthers all had a ton of positives across the board if Aaron Rodgers gave you the sign of approval or the seal of approval gave you the sign off on Bryce Young being a good player Bryce Young played well in the two-minute drill, as we mentioned, completing passes to five different receivers. The defensive line, they actually got after the quarterback. Yes, the Jets' offensive line, it's not very good, but they took advantage of it. And they won in the situation that they were in. To have this type of feeling after the joint practice, to see Hayden Hurst not backing down from anybody after he got put on his back in one of the team drills, he did the same thing to the guy that got him on the very next play. It feels like all the competence that we were celebrating being hired to this coaching staff, it feels like it came to fruition a little bit there. No, you didn't win any game, right? If you watch Camp Confidential, they're 0-0. They haven't won any game. And their 0-0 mantra, that's what they're going to be working with this entire season. But its <laughs> I don't know if I could have asked for a lot more from what I saw yesterday, unless you want a touchdown from Bryce Young, just completely dialing it up. But I'm completely happy with what we saw. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the the fact that you're playing against a team that a lot of people do have as a Super Bowl contender and you are able uh, to hold your own, I think that that bodes well for this Panthers team as they exit camp. And so uh, the the preseason game to me is just a formality at the end of the day you want to win that game but I think the practices even though the Jets had some guys missing and you would have wanted to see how some of the Panthers would have fared against some of their better players but at the end of the day in its totality the Jets team is still a fairly formidable matchup for you in joint practices so you have to be uh, excited about that so when we go to camp confidential we saw a couple of the coaches highlighted. Deuce Staley, the camera is just going to gravitate to him because he's very energetic, real passionate, mixing it up with the defensive players, talking trash. He's a lot of fun. 
They also highlighted Sean Jefferson a decent mm-hmm. amount. Someone we haven't talked about a lot. We don't. Not a celebrated coach. I had his football cards. Did you really? I did. So they have some former players on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Not anything unusual, but some former players that aren't being celebrated as much. Do Staley get some love? But Sean Jefferson, not as much. And D'Angelo Hall, not as much. When he was hired to this coaching staff, Wes, nobody was celebrating it more so than what they were doing by bringing the Steve Smith, D'Angelo Hall battles up. Oh, is Smitty okay with this, right? Just joking. But that's what I thought of, too. Just with everybody else. I remember those two battles. D'Angelo Hall will mix it up with wide receivers. The clip with him and DeAndre Hopkins is one that went viral on Twitter. That was a lot of fun to see those battles. Looks like D'Angelo Hall's doing a good job with his cornerback group, though. So if you go into a training camp and Taylor's playing well, C.J. Henderson, yes, second straight season, take it for whatever it's worth to you, but he is playing well. J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, at least they're healthy. I haven't seen anything bad about those guys. I think we've been giving more credit to Averro, but perhaps we need to give more to D'Angelo Hall, Wes. Yeah, and I think that this is a guy that Panthers fans know him well from his time in Atlanta, but I think that it's been underrated, his impact. Like when you see the write-ups about C.J. Henderson and the job that he's been doing, and they've been crediting D'Angelo Hall along with Ezra Evero uh, as being two of the keys to his success. And so you would think that a guy like a D'Angelo Hall, a three-time pro bowler, uh, not too far gone from the game, not too far removed, that this is a guy that could help. I mean, he played 15 seasons in the league. He had a very brash style that I know the players, uh, a lot of them can relate to. So they're going to listen to that guy. And so when you look at the impact and you see some of the DBs playing better that a lot of people had some doubts about before. I think D'Angelo is definitely having his hand in helping these guys out as well. And then Sean Jefferson, man, I remember watching him uh, when I was a kid. He played 13 years in the league as well. And so I never knew he was that lit. Like, he is off the chain in practice. Like, he's out there. Because did you see the one day he had on pads and a helmet? And he was out there doing stuff, active with them. He gets in there. I really enjoyed the uh, the fumble drill when they were doing yeah. the turnover drill, when they ended up forcing the turnover from LaVisca Chenault, uh, how excited they got about that, man. But he's intense. He's ready to go. Uh, those coaches, man, you really do just underrate how tough of a job it is. I mean, those guys are going out there. And I know they don't have the pads and the helmets on. But in that heat, and those guys are intense as they are and just getting after it, they're putting in a full day's work. But I think these guys are some of the, the, the smaller parts of the staff. I think they're glue guys, so to speak. You have your all-stars on the staff. We know about Ezra. We know about Reich. But you talk about the D'Angelo Halls and the Sean Jeffersons and the Deuce Staley's, man. Those guys are bringing intensity to the practice. They're bringing uh, experience to these guys. And I think they're going to help a lot just as much as some of the bigger names on the staff. I couldn't help but be enthralled with Deuce Staley again. It's just who I am. I'm with the masses. You can't slack with him as your coach, man. But you know what I love about Deuce Staley? Everybody's going to point to how passionate he is. He's going to make sure you do the right thing. But no one is going to be your bigger your bigger fan than him. This is true. And, and I go back to the, the pass blocking drill. Running back, mm-hmm. pass blocking drill mm-hmm. where Blackshear couldn't That's get it right. That's a hard drill, man. Yeah, no, it is. Especially with experienced <laughs> dudes, right? Like, you Jack Thompson's be, been in the league forever. You got to be ready for that drill, man, because that's full contact. There's nobody there to slow down that defender. I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just saying, there's nobody there to slow down that linebacker. You got to be 
uh, you just got to have a pair, bro, to want to run up in there and stuff a guy. So it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Camp Conf. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as Blueprint. I, I don't know if I would say that, but I did like it. I thought it was interesting. And I go back to that drill. So if you don't know, you watch it. Go ahead. Check it out. It's it's worth your time. But Deuce Staley is helping these running backs and pass blocking drills. So there's one where Chuba Hubbard misses a, a pass block attempt. And then the second time gets it. And Deuce is happy for him, right? And he's cheering him on. Hey, that's how you do it. Great job. Blackshear just can't get it. You know, there's a couple of times where Blackshear, he's a smaller guy. He's the smallest running back of the three that you're going into camp with, really. And Blackshear just can't get it. But Deuce Staley says, you got to meet Shaq Thompson, who was the defender to be a part of the example. So you got to meet Shaq Thompson before he can make a decision on how he wants to rush the QB. you got to beat him to the spot, which is very basketball-esque mm-hmm. if you've taken any defensive classes <laughs> or taken any defensive lessons from basketball coaches, right? He does it, and Staley is over the moon. And he's celebrating Raheem Blackshear and lifting him up. And he goes to Frankie Luvu and Shaq Thompson saying, hey, thanks for making these guys better. I just, it's not even just the yelling. It's not even just the, oh, I better get this right or Deuce is going to yell at me. Yeah, but if you do get it right, he is going to put you on his shoulders and parade you around for being the best player in that drill. And that's what I love about Deuce State. But that's also going to be a guy, the reason why I say you cannot not play hard because he is so just in your face with his style that you don't want to deal with that when you don't do what he wants you to do. (laughs) Don't be like, man, listen, I can either not do this the right way or or do it the right way and not have to hear this guy's voice. So yeah, they, they they have a good staff, man. I I have to give it up. I have to tip my hat. I like what I see from that staff, just all the way top to bottom. It seems. Tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.